Good evening, everybody. Azran the Language Nerd here. It is 1.17 at night. I'm going to record this podcast and then go ahead to sleep. And I'll be really honest with you. I don't really know exactly where this podcast episode is going to go. I'm making this primarily as a way for me to process some of the thoughts that are going through my own mind. And I suppose we'll see where that leads us today. I think some of you may take something away from listening to the thoughts in my mind tonight. And some of you may just think, Azrin, that was really random. And I don't really know if I took anything away from that. And considering the fact that I don't know where this is going to go exactly, um, <laughs> I don't really know what the final outcome will be for you. So I suppose thank you for taking the time to listen to this when there is literally zero plan as to where this is going. So I had a bit of an epiphany today about maybe one hour ago, an hour and 20 minutes ago, something like that. Um, I don't want to share exactly what the epiphany was because some of it is personal and I'm still processing through it, but the, I suppose what I can say is that a lot of the things that I believed to be true, I realized were not true. There were certain things in my work life that I thought were true and I thought were good ideas and I thought were the right things to go up, the right things for me to be doing for a variety of reasons. But then today I realized, I think I've been messing up. I think I'm wrong. And it made me realize that this happens to everyone in different, different ways where you have, you've structured the world in a certain way in your mind. You've decided that this decision is the right decision and that decision is the wrong decision. This belief is the right belief. That belief is the wrong belief. If I do this, my life is going to go in this direction. If I eat this, I'm going to gain weight. If I don't eat this, I will lose weight. If I, we have these presuppositions that exist in our minds and we have millions, perhaps even an infinite number of presuppositions uh, in our mind. And the funny thing is that every single one of us, you know, I think it's fair to say that the vast majority of things that we actually believe in, or a significant percentage of them anyway, I don't know if it's the majority, but at all points of time, a significant number of things that that make up our world are actually false, or they're only true for the moment. They're not true forever. They're only true for now. And then something changes in your life, and all of a sudden the things that you used to believe are no longer the things that you believe. And that creates a bit of, uh, that creates some, a certain level of chaos and a certain level of, hmm, uncertainty, that's the right word, a certain level of uncertainty, and in many cases, chaos. Sometimes this happens in a very drastic form. For example, I remember when, this is a personal story, but I remember not, when was it, uh, maybe two, is that two years ago, is that right? I couldn't tell you the exact exact date anymore, which is uh, probably not the best thing in the world, to be honest. When you hear the story, you'll know why. I remember where I was precisely. I was in my room and I my phone started to ring and I looked at my phone and it was my mom calling me. 
I picked up and she said, Azrin, just so you know, your dad has passed away. And I was like, what? She's like, yeah, your dad has died and I just got a call from so-and-so. I don't know any of the details, but you will probably start to get calls and just so you know. Now, many of you know that I never really knew my dad. Not really. I grew up for the most part without him. My parents divorced when I was three. My parents were married at a very young age. My dad wasn't very responsible for the, you know, initially in the divorce. And it's a very complicated situation. But long story short, I barely, barely, barely knew my dad. After the age of, probably after the age of 12, I probably only saw him a handful of times. I actually remember thinking there was a point where he called me and it was so strange. I hadn't talked to him in like six years or something like that. And then I saw him and it was, it was very strange. I don't, I basically had no relationship with him, but that call was a very, like, it, it shook my world in a sense. It shook my world because even though I didn't know the man very well, I barely knew the man at all, to be honest with you. Even though I didn't, me not knowing my dad was a pretty big part of my identity. And and when people ask me about him, I had stories. And in the back of your mind, you always wonder, maybe one day you'll have a relationship with your father. You never know. You hear stories like that. I even hear something I've never shared on the podcast. There was a time where I even went to, uh, I actually went to see him uh, when I was an adult. And it was the first time I'd seen him in a long, long, long time. I flew to see him because he had been in Calgary where I live and we, we met up and blah, blah, blah. And then I went to see him and I saw some of my, my other siblings and some of his friends and some distant relatives. And, and it was a very, I mean, it was a, I don't quite have the words to describe what kind of experience it was. But all of that to say that when I got that phone call that, oh, your dad has passed away. And then I saw him in the coffin at the, fu- in the, at the wake and the funeral. And, you know, there's all the funeral arrangements. And I had to give a, I had to give a speech, not a eulogy, what do you call it? Just a speech. I, just, I spoke at the, not that I had to, I, I did speak, I chose to speak. I spoke at the funeral and I saw some family I hadn't seen in a long time. Very, uh, an experience with lots of mixed emotions, I suppose you can say. Yeah, that's probably the best way to put it. Very mixed emotions during that time. And so that's a very drastic example of something where that something very sudden happens and it shakes up your whole world. And of course, we have big, big moments like that. And we have smaller moments like that, where a smaller moment might be what happened to me today, something reasonably minor overall. But still, there were a few core beliefs I had around my work life. And my work life is a very significant part of my life. And I realized that I think I'm wrong. And so it shakes up your world. Now, I've had, you know, I've had moments like this. Actually, that's not a path I want to go down. You're going to hear silence for a moment as I think about my next words. I suppose that's just how life is, right? 
things happen and you can't control everything and there's good and bad and ups and downs and neutrals. I suppose some of the things that are going through my mind, and this is a pretty common theme in my podcast, I'm sure there's probably a hundred episodes at this point where I've said something like this in different words, maybe even the same words, so I went back to look at it. But it's, in my experience so far, assuming you, well, actually, wait, let's make sure it's really based on my experience. Let's make sure this is true. I think that, that when something is, when you've realized that you're wrong about something, it presents, it presents an opportunity. It presents you a, an opportunity for growth. Often, often that's an opportunity for growth. So often I've had the experience where something went wrong or I believed I was incorrect, or I'm sorry, I realized I was incorrect about something or something seemingly bad happened. And then afterwards you look back and you're really happy that it happened. So, and there's a million examples we all have of, of, of situations like that. And so I suppose one of the things that I've gotten better at, but I'm still not really the best at, and I have to work on it, as we all do, I think, is um, I think it's just important to remember that I think it's important to remember that even though everything, hmm, I don't even know how to put it exactly into words. I have the feeling inside of my body. I suppose if I had to put it into words, I would say something to the effect of, even though things don't always work out and, and there's ups and downs, I think it's number one, it is important to keep moving forward because life doesn't life doesn't stop. So you have to keep trying to move forward. I think you have to learn from your wins and your losses and everything in between, the ups, downs, and everything in between. I think it's important to learn from those. That's that's important. Um and I think it's it's important to yeah, I, I suppose it's important to do what you can to keep moving forward. I will say that perspective is a very important thing too. So most most of the downs, quote unquote, most of the un the bad things that happen comparatively to to what's happening to comparatively to Compared to what is happening to other people's lives, it is actually not really that bad. Meaning, meaning, someone steals $1,000 from you today, for example. No one stole money from me, by the way, just putting that out there. But let's say someone stole $1,000 from you today, which would be considered a bad thing. Well, here's a great example. Someone stole my laptop, as you guys know, about two, two years ago. Two years ago? That sounds right. Two years ago, somebody stole my laptop. They stole my backpack, actually, which had my laptop and among other things in it. And that's a bad thing to happen. Like, I remember the reaction people had when I told them. And I was mildly bothered. I was bothered, but not crazily bothered. But even if I, but even when you look at a laptop being stolen, it's such a minor problem in comparison to 
the other problems that people have. And it's, it's so difficult for people to quantify that because they don't, that's not your life. You can't relate to, it's very difficult to relate to someone else's life unless you've had, unless you've really had some, an upbringing or personal experiences that make that possible for you. But even in that situation where you're able to truly put yourself into someone else's shoes, it's hard to truly understand it. But trying to remind yourself of that, doing what you can every day on a daily basis to be grateful for what you have and realize how much you have, I think that's a pretty important, I think it's an important practice. I think it's very, very important. I think so. Now, changing gears a little bit, uh, I would like to share something else. And this is something that I literally just right now has kind of crystallized into my mind as I was recording this podcast and processing some of my thoughts. I've realized that in at work, in terms of my business, what I what matters, what matters to me is to be able to help the most number of language learners I possibly can. In the deepest way that I possibly can, I want to help the most language learners I can in the deepest way that I possibly can, and I want to do that, and that's going to become a stepping stone for me to do something even bigger sometime in the future that probably has probably has a some connection to language but not a full connection to language it's probably in a completely different industry probably in a completely different way it could be in philanth could be in philanth philanth philanthrop what is that called philanthropy there we go it could be in philanthropy could be that i work in another business and i end up having a really positive impact there who knows what it is but for me right now all the one of the biggest things I care about is helping the most language learners I can and helping them in the deepest possible way being the, the most helpful person out of every single person that ever works in this space of language learning. I want to be the most helpful person I can that possible in the entire industry and I want to help I want to maximize the number of people I can help as a way for me to develop the skill sets of a whole variety of skill sets to therefore go do something even bigger to use this as a springboard to something else in the future. And of course, this has to be done in, in a highly profitable way. That's, that's, that's the goal. I actually need to write that down actually somewhere. I need to write that down in nice clear terms. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it a few times to get this in my head. But I, I want to help the most language learners I can in the deepest possible way that I can so that I can develop skill sets that allow me to, to do something even more meaningful in the future. So I want to help as many language learners as I can in the deepest possible way that I can in order for me to develop the skill sets needed to therefore springboard myself to something even more meaningful to me in the future and even more impactful in the future. And of course, this has to be done in a profitable way, where I'm able to achieve some of my financial, my financial goals that I have, because ultimately, to have a bigger impact, one thing that really helps is to have money. You can make a bigger, is that true? Actually, I think that's true. You know, when you have means when you have not just money, actually, but it's, it's not just money, I believe it, it comes down to uh, uh, quite a few factors, actually, not just money, money is one of them. Developing yourself is another one. Are you physically fit? Are you mentally fit? Do you have good perspective? Are you skilled? 
I think the relationships you have, the, the reputation you have, you can trade on your reputation. Your reputation is very powerful. So reputation, there's quite a bit, right? There's quite a bit. And that's what I'm, I'm so focused on that right now, using my business as a springboard to something bigger in the future. That's all I'm trying to do because I'm 29, 28, excuse me, 28, almost 29. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a young man. I'm just getting started, hopefully, assuming nothing terrible happens and I don't die sooner than I am expecting to. So that's a big focus of mine. And uh, I suppose, um, you know, the, the, the business, not epiphany, but I, actually, no, epiphany is the right word. The realization I had today in terms of my business is I'm not taking the right actions to be on that course. I'm not on the right course. A great example of it is my, my drop-in classes. I'm seriously questioning if I need to, if I'm going to continue doing drop-in classes. I think they're great and there's people that like coming to them and there's, there are, there are a good number of, there's a certain number of people who attend, whatever it is. It's something like a hundred people a week, roughly speaking, maybe a little more than that actually, because I've started teaching a couple additional ones. So that's amazing. And that's great. That's wow. That's, that's great. That's a big number. But I've got some problems with the drop-in classes, I'll be honest with you. Number one, I think that it doesn't, while it helps me reach, roughly speaking, 100 people a week, I don't think I'm doing, I don't think they're learning enough. I don't think I'm benefiting them in the deepest way that I could be. I don't think so. They're not progressing very much. Some people do, but that's because of other things they're doing outside of the drop-ins. So that's a, that's a problem. Um... I don't think it's built a community the same way in Calgary, those in-person things I did have, has built a true community. I mean, that's a real community of true friendships. And so that was quite different. So even though that was, there was a real positive vibe that I'm not quite getting from the online things I do now. So I suppose so it's, that's problematic for me, right? On a profitability side, right? I was, I was actually looking at that today too. The drop-in classes do generate a certain amount of sales. In fact, uh, I, I believe it. Like when all is said and done, if I look at drop-in classes, the free content, everything I do for free that's community-oriented, it drives a significant portion of my business. But when I look at the free class side of things, the cost of the free classes in comparison to how much revenue it generates is not enough. Actually, that's not true. The cost of the classes in terms of the revenue it generates, is actually pretty pretty darn good. It's actually not terrible. Um, you, you know, roughly if I spend $1, actually it's like basically in very simple terms, when I spend money, when I, when, I, when I pay the teacher, the tutors who run the classes, there's enough money generated from it that on a revenue side, it makes sense. However, on the profit side, it's not great because what you have to understand about a tutoring business is when someone pays $300, Immediately, 65, 60, 60 to 75% of that immediately goes to the tutor. So out of $100, I only get about 35, you know, call it, uh, call it 25 to $35, let's say, 25 to $40 really on the higher end. And that's before my other expenses. So it's a very, it's a very slim margin. I don't have a lot of money right there, right? Does that make sense? And so it's very, very slim margins. And so when there's a lot of effort Time, effort, and resource resources going towards free classes, A, 
it's not having a depth of impact on, on enough people, in my opinion. It's not a very deep impact on a lot of people. B, there are a lot of people coming, of course, but that impact is not deep enough, I find. Um, and B, it's not driving a crazy amount of, I mean, it's driving some sales and it's, it is it is good if there's a branding piece, but it's not driving enough profit in my pocket either. And C, it's not building the real, it's not building true community. Like I remember in uh, in Calgary, the in-person events we would have, even if actually there were times, I mean, even if it was done at a loss and I was losing money on it, the community I've built is so worth it. It's so worth it. People have gotten people have gotten to serious relationships because of it. There's, I've made true friends out of it. It's invaluable. It's so it's there's no price tag on it. I mean, of course, there's a price tag on it, but it's 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 this it's truly something special. But the online things I've been doing since COVID started, it's not. It's great. It's cool, but I don't feel like it's as special. It's not that special. It's not the same specialness that I've created in person. So I'm thinking at it and going, well, listen, profit wise, it's not great for me. Impact wise, it's not great. Um, reach wise, it's okay. Like there's about a hundred or so people a week. That's pretty good. I'm pretty happy with that. You know, it gives my tutor something to do. But again, shouldn't they be doing something that's truly meaningful? That's really accomplishing something that I'm like, wow, they're really doing something special versus, oh, they're doing something that's okay. Like that's not okay. Like that's a problem there. So that's one of the things I was looking at today and going like that. That's seriously problematic. I need to fix that. And it it challenges a lot of the beliefs I had where I was like, okay, this is the right thing for you to do. And I'm like, wait a second. I don't know if it really is. And I don't know what the solution is, but th what I'm doing now is not the right solution. That's for sure. So I need to look at that. So that's one of the things I was looking at today. So anyway, as I said, I didn't know where this is going to go. I just started recording and it was my way to process through my thoughts. You may have noticed that my my... I got much more clarity the longer I started to talk. And you can probably, maybe you can notice it. I'm gonna, I can notice it for sure. My tone of voice, the energy behind my voice, the clarity of my thoughts has definitely gotten, has definitely, has definitely, excuse me, improved the longer I've recorded. So I'm happy about that. This podcast did its job and I have a lot of clarity now and I feel much more, um, I feel a lot more, let's say less scattered. I feel more centered than I did before. So thank you podcast listeners for being there and and listening to this and giving me the opportunity to just speak my mind and speak my truth. Um, I suppose the final thing I'll say is uh, I was listening to a podcast earlier and uh, they were talking about, the, the podcasters were talking about the movie, the movie Pinocchio, which I need to rewatch because I keep hearing about people talk about the movie Pinocchio and how many deep, meaningful messages there are in Pinocchio. So one of the things I was talking about today, or I was listening, excuse me, one of the things I was listening today in the podcast was about uh, how the the father of Pinocchio, he made a wish upon a star, and he was focused, I think he made a wish upon a star, and he was, I'm going to get this wrong, because I, I don't remember exactly how he put it, but when I was listening to it, it made sense to me how he was putting a lot of attention to this star that is above him. He's looking up to the stars. He's looking up to the heavens in a way. It's almost, there's almost a religious comparison one could make in, in a sense. I'm not particularly religious myself, nor am I not religious. I'm, what's the term for that? Agnostic? Is that, is that the term? It's not important. Um, but when you look 
up. And metaphorically, you are looking above the problems. Of, you're looking, you're basically looking up as a way to, to, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, maybe I'll put it to you this way. When I was younger, I used to go to martial arts. I went to martial arts for about 13 years, 12 or 13, 12 or 13 years. And we used to do this meditation. I've been meditating since I was five years old. Isn't that crazy? But I remember this meditation we would do where we'd sit in the dojo and our sensei would tell us to close our eyes and he would this is a children's class meditation it wasn't so much for the as we got older but for the kids he'd say imagine you're floating on a cloud and you're going higher and higher and higher and all the little cars become the size of little dinky toys and all the buildings get smaller and smaller and you can see the whole world and imagine everything getting smaller and smaller you're floating higher and higher and it was, a four, it was a very short kind of way to get the mind moving. It would take five, six minutes, something like that. But it's so funny because now that I think back as that, to that as an adult, the hot, you know, when we go up in the sky, we gain perspective. We see the whole, we see more than what we see when we're on the ground. When, we, when you have the high ground, you're able to see more. Like when you climb on top of a mountain, you're able to see the valleys underneath. You can see all the trees and other animals and lakes and rivers and you can see so much and i think that's that's just right when in, in pinocchio when you look up at the stars for example it's almost like you're trying to put yourself in the sky so you can gain perspective on everything that's going around you you can gain perspective on your life on your problems on what's going well and uh i suppose one of the things that that really was sticking out to me today when i was processing through a lot of thoughts was when you're walking through the weeds on the ground when you're walking through weeds you have to make sure you keep you have to keep your eye up on the star you have to keep your eyes on the stars while you walk through the weeds and imagine that there's some form of an invisible string or invisible wire that's connecting you to that star and it's almost pulling you up, almost like you're trying to pull your way. You're stuck in the weeds, you're stuck in the mud. You can have the mud at your feet, you're trying to walk forward, but the mud is holding you back. But you have this string that's tied to your body to the star all the way up in the sky. And you just have to keep moving towards that star. And you'll never actually get to that star because it's so damn far away. But you keep moving towards the star, you keep pulling on the string that's tied between you and that star you keep pulling on it you keep walking you let the star pull you in a sense through the weeds and you just keep looking up right you keep looking up at that and you let that guide your actions and guide what you do and you can't i mean you do sometimes it's actually here's a fun fact uh at my old work this is a lesson that we learned which was really powerful i think um which is contradictory to what i was saying but both are simultaneously true while you can look at that north star and that can pull you through the other thing that can pull you through is to look directly down at your feet and look at what's the very next step you're going to plant because by looking up at the star you might get discouraged at how goddamn far the star is and you're like i'll never make it so then you just sit down in the mud and you stop moving so sometimes you got to look at your feet and just decide where you plant the next step and you don't worry about the star anymore. You just you just worry about planting one foot in front of the other. And that's all you worry about. Both are simultaneously true. I think it depends on the circumstance. And you got to try both, depending on what needs to happen. Anyway, 
I forget how I ended up on that, but I wanted to finish on that thought. Okay, it's time now. It's 1.45. I'm tired. It's time to sleep. This is now my bedtime, 1.45. Yeah, 1.45 to 2.15. That's kind of my bedtime. So time to sleep. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this little, well, not little podcast, 28-minute podcast. And we'll uh, we'll talk later. Bye-bye.